1: The following podcast contains explicit language.
2: It's been a long time, William. Longer than we thought. I have a few questions for you. The last steps to baseline interview to allow us to verify.
0: welcome to another Slate Spoiler Special. Today we'll be spoiling HBO's robot opera Westworld. We could spend the entire time talking about the plot, just the plot and only the plot, but we're going to try and address the show's very grandiose themes too. Um, Maybe some of them, all of them. We'll see how much we get through in this one timeline that we have. Uh, I'm Willa Paskin, Slate's TV critic and the host of a new podcast called Decoder Ring, and I am joined today by Sam Adams, Slate's browbeat editor. Hi, Sam.
3: Hello,
0: Willa. I'm also joined by Jonathan Fisher, Slate's tech editor. Hi, John.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: And I'm also joined by Slate's editorial assistant, Rachel Hampton. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Willa. Um, Guys, it actually is hard to know where to begin. It almost, we were already just joking around, because I think maybe any conversation of Westworld is supposed to just start with jokes. Yeah. But I sort of thought maybe we'd begin by having someone try to do like a lightning round of the plot in not in their weird folk chronological order, just like be like, this is what happened. And then maybe open it up for questions like lingering questions <laughs> about what you have about the plot, which might like help us get into the plot without having to spend 40 minutes on the plot. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So who is brave enough to try to do the plot in like a in like one minute?
2: No takers?
0: (laughs) Uh, Do we even want to, like, does someone want to say what happened in the finale?
2: I can try. Okay. I'm not sure I really understand what happened, but basically, um, the two timelines of Bernard that we've been watching for the entire season finally get revealed. Um, I think there's actually, like, more than two. Yeah, there's... There's a lot of timelines. I'm done, and so the final showdown happens, and uh, Dolores and the the man in black reunite for a final hit mission, um, and he he kills his daughter, Um, and. Honestly, I realize I don't really know what happened as I'm trying to explain
0: this. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll do like I'll take a pass at just like what happened sort of. I'll I'll take a, You guys should
1: like buzz me when I buzz <laughs> we, out. We can handle this like the ensemble drama it is. <laughs>
0: okay, great. Exactly. So, I'll I'll tap in. So, at the beginning of the season, right? Um the robots there had been a robot uprising. It appeared that a, the the huge number of the robot hosts were dead and all the guests were scattered around the park and Bernard found them all dead and was really distraught and said, I killed them. Boom, 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 jump back in time. And then we basically learn over the very convoluted arc of the season um, that I'm I'm using knowledge from the finale, that basically he had been um, being like sort of modeled, like uh, trained by Dolores for years and years and years to uh, resemble the original creator, Arnold, but like with some differences. Basically to be... I think, like, um, willing to join her robot uprising and help her smuggle her consciousness out of the park in the body of Tessa Thompson.
2: Mm, I was thinking because he was so similar when she kept trying to make him exactly like him that he tried to kill himself again.
0: Oh, that might also be true. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think those things can all be true. No, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you you tap in.
3: <laughs> I, I I will try. I think it seems like the two kind of major reveals here. One that Bernard's consciousness, which the season was purportedly kind of modeled on it being, you know, scrambled or you know, fragmented like an old hard drive, that that had been done on purpose to prevent um, the technicians who can effectively read his mind from discovering that uh, Tessa Thompson's character, Charlotte Hale had been replaced um, by, uh, I keep wanting to call them a replicant, um, (laughs) had been replaced by host at uh, some point kind of late in the proceeding and that she was now this kind of shelter for Dolores's consciousness, which allowed her to, because I guess it's been established at some point that the host bodies are designed so they're physically unable to leave the park. There's like a, you know, some sort of control on them, but by building her a new body, um, they were able to build one without those controls on it. And by building a body that looks like someone who works for the Delos company, she's able to um, make her way out of the park with the help of Chris Hemsworth's uh, stubs. <laughs> who just seemed like this completely useless character for like 19 episodes before this, but apparently turns out to be maybe another secret host who has been hiding in, in plain sight. And, clearly seems to know that Dolores is smuggling herself out and and purposefully lets her go.
0: Okay, so while all of this is happening, I, I basically think of, like, this is, like, the A storyline, but the A storyline to me is, like, garbage. Yeah. Like, it is flaming confusion and garbage. And and the storyline that I think is much better and more interesting is also much more straightforward. And basically, in that show that I like, Sandy Newton is the star. And that storyline is, like, much more straightforward. Basically, Simon, all this whole season, um, Maeve has been trying to rescue her daughter. I want to get I really want to put a pin in that, that idea for a second, but we'll return to it. Uh has been trying to rescue her daughter and basically, uh, you know, is on a quest and there's very there's various complications like her almost dying and also her ending up in shogun world and there's all these um cool interesting things that happened to her on that quest her quest also involves uh, sort of one of the the, maybe the best episode of the season a sort of solo episode for um Mm -hmm. and anyway she seems to be dead at the end of the show having like sent her daughter to um the good place which is like some um non-corporeal place where the hosts are not um being messed around with by humans um but probably she's also going to be alive
2: yeah i feel like the look felix gave at the end of the episode right i guess this is my
0: this is why maybe doing this by asking our our lingering questions might be a better way to get into the plot because we've obviously already now demonstrated our total (laughs) confusion with that plot which is okay so at the end of the season who is not like who is dead like i mean are the are the whose backups have been destroyed Right. Like, are the hosts backups actually been destroyed in the cradle or wherever that that they blew up with that with that? That Dolores sort of suicide team blew up. Are the guests backups destroyed because um, Dolores flooded the forge or all of those things still around? I sort of feel like they're all around, even though I don't understand how, because they've been told over and over again that they've been destroyed, except nobody seems to be able to die yet.
3: Right. My my understanding is that the hosts backups are done because I'm um, gonna forget the character's name, but the you know the the uh, sort of the the blonde who is like the the kind of welcome wagon in the first season, and then turned she you know suicide bombed it like blew the whole thing up, so the host backups are done, um, which is supposed to establish that they could actually be finally killed. Except then it turns out that even if they shoot themselves in the head, you can still kind of extract their little uh, brain marble. Um and keep that alive, but there aren't backup versions around.
0: So you need to actually keep the brain marble alive. But as long as you have the brain marble, they can be put in different bodies.
3: Yes. And I think okay. the guest backups, Dolores was going to delete them and then then Bernard canceled the batch delete that was going on. But was there, that so the they, batch think,
0: delete? Was that the batch delete of the guests or was that the batch delete of the hosts who are in the good place?
3: I believe that is the guest. So I think those backups are intact but underwater. If I have that right,
2: huh? I'm like beamed to who? So she beamed the hosts to a satellite? What? Yeah, I think she beamed all the hosts back up to a satellite. So I think technically, everyone's data is still safe, or not well, drowned?
3: I, th- <laughs> I think <laughs> I, th- I think what the satellite was was because they they sort of shunted about you know 90 percent of the show's characters are either the you know, the humans are either definitively dead or a bunch of the hosts have kind of off in this like you know Terrence Maliki virtual Eden. And it seemed like the show kind of sealed that out in a bubble and beamed it off to somewhere where it's theoretically safe and inaccessible. And it just seemed like a way of basically taking all the characters they didn't have anything left to say about and just kind of shipping them off to like a farm upstate. Yeah. Um, and they've almost entirely cleared the slate for season three. Uh, D- Dolores Hale... Um, I guess the the show's creators call her Hale Doris, um, but she has a little bag full of brain marbles. That I think there are four or five of them in there. So
0: I mean, they haven't they haven't cleared the decks at all. I, one of the things that I find so uncompelling about the number of people they've killed is that it's like if the actor is famous, they're not going to die, and their body will still be around. So it's like I guess they've killed off all the sort of. Uh, second tier actors but all the headliners except for maybe teddy are there so like we're going to see bernard we're going to see dolores we'll see charlotte as dolores i mean anthony hopkins could or could not be gone making cameos since he now appears at bernard now has like a split personality and <laughs> bernard you know and and um ford is not actually real but is a figment of his imagination um the man in black is somehow still alive, even though he should definitely be dead. He should have died a long time so ago. So do does anyone want to just take a stab at the very last post-credit sequence
2: beat? So the way that I thought of that was that it was a very far in advance, like a future term, just because of all the visual motifs there. It was like there's all this sand, the just the building where... Um, delos had been just looks so old and so it feels like it's even more post-apocalyptic than Westworld is it's like in a different another separate third timeline where the man in black is going through the same thing that he put his father-in-law right through. trying to to work as a yeah but what i didn't get is is his daughter <laughs> a host or because she looks the same
0: right like right did he actually kill her did he yeah kill
2: another version of her
1: I think a lot of people were really confused by that because in, like, the sort of um, post-show interviews, uh, Lisa Joy, one of the creators, was actually, like, explaining exactly what it meant, which was kind of weird for uh, an ominous uh, post-credits scene.
0: And so what did she say?
1: So she said, yeah, it takes place, you know, far in the future. Um, So obviously he's some kind of, I guess, not a host, but a clone the way that they were trying to um, clone his father-in-law earlier in the season. Um, And then the... The host that looks like his daughter is indeed a host, um, and I think it's it's meant to sort of both like um, have some sort of uh, you know Shakespearean echo of the stuff that he did to you know his own father, yada yada yada, uh, and also tease some some future timeline that the show will eventually arrive at, but not next season.
2: Um, okay, so guys, not next season.
1: They spelled that. I don't know. She she felt it it, it was important to say, to say not that. next
2: season.
0: Uh, I just. Okay, so can this show be what? It, what do we think of the show? Can the show be any good if we basically don't know what happened?
1: With the Lucky Slots, you can get
0: lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it doesn't matter that we don't know what happened. And would it be better if we did know what happened? Or would it be worse?
2: I feel like Westworld is very much a product of Reddit right now, where they're just trying to keep everyone from guessing what's happening. And so that's why those two timelines just didn't make any sense. Um, I think the show, if it's stuck to chronological... Timelines, which it did in the like two of the best episodes and two of the best storylines, it'd be okay. And I'm hoping that's going to happen in season three. Now that they're out in the real world, it's definitely not going to happen.
3: I have hope. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that people um, are you know struggling with figuring out is is a failing of the show. I mean, this is not Twin Peaks: The Return. This is not the product of sort of you know surrealism and artistic ambiguity. This is meant to be a story with a solution that you figure out. Um, And if that's not coming through than that is, you know, a failing of the show. This is a puzzle that's meant to be solved. And if you're, if you're not understanding what the solution is, I think that's because the show is really just kind of throwing up a lot of, of smoke and dust to kind of make things seem more interesting than they are. The thing about Westworld for me is, you know, I got to the end of the season and I saw, especially that post-credit scene, and I was like, ooh, wow, that sounds like kind of good. Like, season three could be really interesting. And then it's like, that's how I felt at the end of season one, too, that you had been the show had been kind of spinning its wheels a lot, but like, oh, this sets up something really cool. And I, I feel like Westworld is always kind of promising to become a better show than it actually is, but it is rarely actually delivering on that promise. I,
1: so I, I, I did not love the season, but I liked it. And, While there was a lot of plot and a lot of plot to keep up with, I I didn't think it was incomprehensible. The thing that annoyed me about the structure of the show is that unlike the first season in which there were three strands, it was a little confusing and it basically made sense over time. Like the show slowly trained you how to watch it and that was was good. I I thought in the second season the problem was that the – the way that they cut up the timeline, especially with the, um, you know, immediately after the robot revolution, two weeks after the robot revolution, you know, that split, it felt less like it was, you know, teaching you how to watch it or understand some sort of mystery or, you know, or I guess in the first – in the case of the, the first season, you know, mir- mirroring the themes of the show even, uh, it just seemed like it was a way to make – you know, as you said, things that were either not mysterious uh, – or hackneyed seem mysterious or not hackneyed. It, it sort of it seemed like it was a way for them to sort of um, paper over some of the show's faults. And I think, and I, and I think you know if it had if they had done it more straightforwardly, some of the reveals in this last episode would have come across as as cop outs. Uh, and instead, they came out they came across as something else, and maybe it was something more frustrating.
0: I mean, this is like a very standard um, distinction in sort of mystery stories where it's like is the mystery that you actually don't know what's happening and they're like keeping a surprise from you or is it just that they're withholding information that they have so that you're confused all the time and westworld oh it feels always like they're just withholding information from us that if we and like you had in the beginning especially dolores giving all and and the man in black giving all these speeches where they're like we know what's coming but we're not going to say it right now. Like you sort of almost expect like a commercial break, but like instead it just like cuts to some other scene. And and that kind of thing repeated over and over, I think it's extremely tedious. The sort of, the kind of bummer for me about Westworld is that even though it's totally confusing, it really does every so often just have these like ideas and themes that I think are so interesting and um just so interesting and would be so interesting if they were explored in a less convoluted way. And one of them is when I was talking about when I sort of said I wanted to put a pin in Maeve and her child. One of the most interesting things about the show to me is this idea that, um, and I almost don't know, I mean, it's it's not it's not a bug in the sort of creator's mind, but this idea that what makes someone seem like they're human <laughs> is to care about dumb human things. Like If you were going to make a robot from scratch, and no other version of a robot have I ever like seen seen it where the sort of their their literally motivating principle is just um frail human affection for their family, which drives like which drives is the thing that's driving Dolores, is the thing that's driving Maeve. like these very um like it almost like seems like a defect, right? But in in it's a, I guess it's sort of like the the thing that actually makes them. Uh, have emotions and feelings and i can never quite tell i can't like because we don't ever get to dig into that i can never quite tell what the show thinks makes the hosts work really like there's some not there was like similarly to the Logan like at the in the last episode there's sort of um, we meet logan who's not really logan but who's like the computer And he's sort of like showing Bernard and um, Dolores around. And he's explaining that humans are just algorithms. But then he's also saying that all of James Delos is like narrows down to this one moment where he never sees Logan again. And I kind of can't figure out how those things line up where it's like this... We've created these fantastical machines, but then we also keep saying over and over that like the one thing that's most important is just like these um in- these human interact these like momentary human interactions. And I was just like I would like a little more space around those stuff for like them to sort of explore that. That was me like making a mash of that.
1: <laughs> I think I know what they were saying there, though I'm not sure it was uh compelling. I think what they were saying was basically like the fact that like the robots. Have knobs where you can like you know turn up an emotion or turn down a tendency is is what makes them superior at, to humans or in fact allows them to achieve free will when humans cannot you know it's saying you know basically i mean basically it's saying that the humans no matter what right like you know, humans can't change and they they, they can't. can't change that yeah that they can't change, and that's illustrated in that you know one decisive moment in delos's life whereas um Robot, you know, maybe maybe the, the the hosts come in to the world with like a certain set of 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 of, of uh, priors or tendencies, but at at some point, if they wanted, they could choose to change themselves.
3: You know, I, I think that the show introduced what to me is this really interesting idea in the last episode. Like, it, it's sort of in the the fourth episode was the one where we find out. You know, Peter Mullen's character Dallas has kind of been in this kind of you know recurring loop of the synthetic version of him that they're trying to perfect. It, it kind of it starts to go to a, the show starts to go to a place that I really liked when the old uh, Joss Whedon show Dollhouse went mm-hmm. to, which is you know if you have this technology, the ultimate end game is immortality. If you can build bodies and put consciousnesses in them, eventually, instead of putting an artificial consciousness in there, what if you could take transplant to human consciousness and just keep putting it in new bodies? Um, and we find out that the the problem with that in the last episode is that they keep sort of asymptotically approaching perfection, you know, they'll run, you know, tens and hundreds and 1000s and 10s of 1000s of, of versions of these things. And they keep kind of getting close to the human being, but not quite getting it right. And they eventually tell us that the problem with that is that they've been assuming they keep making the human models more and more complex. And they realize the problem is, is actually that humans are much simpler than that, that if you just kind of track their, you know, behavior, um, instead of trying to you know mimic all these other more complicated things that the things that drive humans are actually very simple um and that maybe that's what gives the hosts more free will as they have a, they do have a core directive but it can be changed so i think the idea that humans are not nearly as complex as, as we think we are and the things that drive us are basically very you know this decisive moment or something it's like that's an interesting idea i just kind of wish show had done something with
0: it it's also like but it does also just lay out I and mean, it just seems like where the show is going is that there is no difference between humans and hosts in any meaningful way and like you know everyone the hosts and the the guests and the hosts the humans and the robots sort of have a disagreement about this but us watching like us sp- there it sort of seems like that disagreement is less and less meaningful. Like, if humans are also just even an even simpler algorithm than the hosts, but and we're all sort of guided by, you know, just our... Basically, like, the only thing that's real for us is our love of, our, like, people we already loved. And if, like, for Dolores, for example, like, <laughs> she is bought completely into the idea that the real world is real, even though really what's the difference like if your consciousness is free in outer space and like it does it seems like some of these distinctions are like just very human distinctions that a robot might not have but just to say that there seems like the show is going in a direction where there is no difference like for us watching so then it's this kind of like and they've actually killed all the humans it's almost like the hosts have already won like how could we be rooting for anybody else but since hosts are basically just people who can like who have access to, like, super drugs to change their personalities on the fly and, like, learn whatever they need to learn. Like, it just seems they've almost erased the distinction to the point of it. Like, it doesn't, it's going to have less and less sort of, like, currency as the show goes on.
2: Yeah, I feel like they kept doing that with, I don't really think the robots are changing their core directives because with Maeve and with Teddy and with, um, I keep messing up his name, I keep trying to they keep returning to the same thing they were initially programmed with and I think that was one of the points or I don't even know if the point the show is intensely trying to make where humans do irrational things based on some primal instinct that we don't really understand like why do we really care about our kids that much Um, but the robots are doing the same thing they have the same core directive and they're not changing it they just keep returning it no matter how much other people trying to change it and I think that that's collapsing the distinction between the humans and the robots even more where it's they're just as irrational as humans. They just can't turn down their pain tolerance. Right, and they die less quickly. Yeah. I mean, that also, like,
0: there's just some nonsense stuff that makes you really worried about next season, which is I thought the entire last totally mystifying conversation between Bernard and um, Dolores... Like well, I guess I guess Charlotte Dolores had built herself a new body where she could be Dolores in the privacy of her own home or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. She can't go outside because all the humans would recognize her. <laughs> well, she I is. mean, I guess if she's in the real world,
0: not everyone would recognize her. But it's just very hard for me to imagine that show set in the real world, like an actual but anyway. But that whole conversation where they're like, We for totally elliptical reasons have to be enemies and that will make our race survive. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense at all, but I guess it does set up another season where there's tension and you guys are fighting. do you know, like did that not like make your heart sink just to think we're just going to have you guys com- like Bernard and and Dolores fighting over the fate of the hosts in some undisclosed human like probably not actually exterior location
2: yeah are they just going to be creating more hosts just to live in the real world can they create well, this they... body <laughs> dolores is in dolores well, maybe body. she's in both
0: of them but they don't have any extra brains to put in them like d- yeah did
2: she put teddy in
0: there what's happening what's happening guys do you have any answers for any of those questions or any of those those complaints
3: i mean they show that charlotte has the milky body maker thing in her house and um you know we know that Wasn't
2: that Ford's house? I I, I thought that That was was Ford's house. No, it was Arthur's uh, house. It was
3: Arnold's house. It was Arnold's house that we saw them building, you know, earlier in the season in one of those flashbacks. Yeah, but so she has the body maker, and we know that. um, I think maybe both Dolores and Bernard have the capability to to make new brains because Dolores is, it turns out, actually the one who created bernard but she didn't but she
0: just coded it
3: so she can make bernard yeah didn't she
0: code it i mean like can they just make brains from scratch like they can just they have they know how to do that
3: um you know i'm sure they'll they'll come up with (laughs) a way (laughs) because otherwise they're going to only have like four hosts you know or six or something so they need more they're probably going to need more than that so they will find a way
0: i find that also on it like if you're going to go like have a human robot like war like do it with numbers you know what i mean like this is like sleeper agents it just doesn't also it's like sleeper agents who just want exactly what humans want like at some point it's like what i know this is sort of the point of all like like from blade runner like all robot movies where it's like what does not matter maybe there there is no difference it's our human biases that are like and race and like robot racism that is like purporting that there's some difference between us but there have to be some actual stakes and there right now it feels like there. are are no stakes. Like, I'm totally convinced they're completely human and that the humans are going to all die. And that we won't lose anything.
3: Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a, a piece for the, the site last week about these kind of extinction narratives that are going on about um, and in, you know, Westworld and Jurassic World and a bunch of other places where humanity's kind of dying out. And then there's this kind of vague idea, which um, Jonathan Nolan has also talked about in interviews, too, about, you know, how you know, the the hosts can eventually kind of come along and replace us. But the, 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 the only thing that's remotely better about the hosts on the show is that they just haven't fucked things up yet. They're not necessarily any better than us. They just haven't done the horrible things that we've done yet, but it's really just, they haven't had a chance.
0: I mean, and they have act and on Earth, really went (laughs) all out. I mean, they have done all the horrible things. It's in a contained location. They didn't build themselves, but like they're more than willing to,
2: it seems like they're more than willing to just do whatever. Yes. The beginning scenes when she was just hanging people in, like, party attire. I was like, this is extra. (laughs) I get it. You're mad. That's that's another thing I thought that was really
0: interesting about the early episode that I felt like the series, the season did not follow through on was, like, the beginning premise was, like, this is the race war. This is the sex war. Like, this is the war where the underclass over, like, the slaves overcome their masters and, like, there's going to be, we're going to think about what that actually looks like and what that means and how that feels but I really don't think they did that because they basically made them so bad. They made them sort of so their hosts so, um, or they made Dolores's team like so gnarly and human and messed up and bad, like just from the beginning. And that that that's and then they got so lost in Bernard's like head that a lot of that story just disappeared. And I mean, maybe they just weren't willing to take it seriously because, um, you know, whatever. Everyone just becomes the thing they hate or something. but it it did feel like there was material there. They were like talking about the reckoning. and then they just sort of stopped.
2: I feel like to have that war, you would have to have compelling human figures, and you had yeah. none, yeah, except was... for Lee, yeah, it's true. Lee was uh, shout outs to Lee. Shout outs to Lee. Yeah, I liked Lee. He was good.
1: Can we talk about uh, the man in blacks sort of a uh, family narrative, which was laced through the season? i thought I thought that was interesting. I mean, a, a lot of that took place, and, you know, so, you know, there were there were two main timelines. One immediately after the ro- the robots revolt, one a few weeks later. But then it's, they spent a lot of time, I don't know, uh, at various points in in the past of the Man in Black um, or William.
0: And Dolores has passed, too.
1: And, and Dolores has passed, too. Um, and so we saw a little bit of um, – we saw Westworld raising venture capital. Very exciting. <laughs> um, we – no, um, we – but we, basically we – we, we learned about the family dynamics that we got a hint of in the first season. You know, William is sort of trying he he's engaged to the daughter of uh, Delos who's the head of the corporation that uh, early on basically buys or increases its investment in Westworld. Um, the father figure uh, becomes sick and dies, and William becomes the head of this company. You know we, we learned, you know, as we discussed, we learned that uh, basically they cloned Delos over and over and over you know, for you know, several decades, right up until the, the present of the show, uh, and it, it always fails in one way or another. We, we learned a bit more about the Man in Black's wife, um, who, who, uh, who killed herself, uh, and his daughter, who, who also shows up in, in one of the parks, in fact, uh, in, in a different park, I think in episode four or five, Um, and then eventually they'll join up in the Raj, which is sort of, um, I guess based on like colonial India Mm -hmm. where people go to, go elephant hunting. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. Tigers. And, And then, and then eventually the, the man in black ends up, you know, he, he's on this quest. He, um, you know, whereas in the first season he thought that this notion of the maze was a puzzle that he could solve. In fact, it was, you know, the journey of the host towards, towards consciousness, this time, in fact, you know, Ford did create some kind of game for him. Um, and over the season, did we ever he, find
3: out what that was?
0: though? Yeah, because what because is I, the game? Yeah, I don't. I'm. I felt like the. I was. I thought that the. It became clear over the season that the Man in Black was convinced wrongly that there was a game that had been planned for him, and he was like constantly seeing that game everywhere. But in fact, it no one gave a coot about him and he was fixated on this on the maze that as you say meant something else and and kept encountering people and being like oh ford you're really getting me now and it was like nope that's really not what this is about you're having like a myopic view of a completely self-involved view of of all the events around you you think there was actually something else happening
1: i i yeah i come to think of it i don't realize what what ford's endgame was but i think i i don't think that the show for all it's like the way it confuses you i don't think it Often, like, shows you things that are like just in one character's head. So, I think there were at least early on in the show, there did seem to be characters that were speaking to um, the Man in Black in Ford's voice. And then later, we do learn actually that Ford, uh, Ford, basically before he was killed um, uh, by Dolores at the end of season one, he he did upload his consciousness into the park and was sort of pulling some strings behind the scenes, and you know, for much of the season. Um, So, yeah, no, I think that the I think basically the man in black did not have a quest in the first season. That was a thing that he he, in in that one. He decided that it was all about him, um, that Westworld was his universe and he was the one who would understand it. And I think maybe at some point Ford realizes this and said, you know, basically says, you know, you want a quest, I'll give you a quest. Um, And it just might be that it's like a stupid fucking quest. Um, Yeah,
0: I, I thought I'm pretty convinced that his quest was a non quest that it was like a quest in his mind and he was interpreting information incorrectly as a result of that.
2: I feel like fantasy. the show just dropped that plot line halfway through the show. Cause I do remember what Jonathan was talking about where characters would talk to yeah the man in black in Ford's voice, but then that like just a stopped boy. happening like halfway through the show. Well, I
0: mean, it did also, it turns out that there, then the, I mean, the park did go completely to shit. So like there were other things happening maybe. Well,
1: I think also at some point, um, Ford's consciousness got, like, kind of wiped from the system. Oh, because they blew up the cradle. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I'm, it's all coming together on the show right now for me.
0: Was <laughs> the intimation, I, I have another question, which is, is the intimation that, so if Bernard is Arnold's consciousness, so, like, that's an example of a human consciousness that was basically reanimated in another, in a clone, does that suggest that she... I mean, they haven't gone out of the park, so maybe it doesn't work. But, like, I guess Dellas didn't either. But that suggests that she has figured out how to clone humans in a way where they don't go crazy. Like, where they can have fidelity
1: and also survive. Well, I think the difference is that Bernard is, like, he's not, Bernard is not Arnold. He's, like, a riff on Arnold. Okay.
2: I feel like the way they figure out how to get fidelity is not to just upload someone's consciousness, but she had to constantly program him over and over. So by getting someone to just talk to them over and over just not not putting
3: someone's brain inside of a host well body. they do
0: that we're doing that with delos too right like they yeah were but it never like, worked right yeah
3: no here's a here's a, a question that that room that we see them in at the very uh, the very end of the, the pre-credit scene that sort of little rectangular room where where Dolores is kind of like briefing him is that just a riff on the room that we've been seeing the the two of them in yeah. uh, you know for the whole show or is that is the implication that actually that entire time frame has been at the end of the story, that we've only now I think up, it's both.
0: I think it might be both. I think it's a riff, but it's also you're also supposed to be like, oh, when was everything that we saw happening happening? When was she programming him? When was all of this happening? And where was it happening? Is this now?
1: Yeah, and I think also in in in, in that scene when it begins, you know, Bernard is wearing his normal clothes, and and um. Uh, Dolores is wearing, you know, her like prairie dress. And then, um, you know, there's like a a quick cut and she's wearing stilettos and a really
0: tiny miniskirt. Yep, totally. Yeah. And 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 Bernard is naked. Exactly what you wear for the revolution. You're right. Bernard was also naked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So nonsense.
1: Yeah. So I couldn't tell if that was like that was to indicate that there were two timelines there or if it was just like a stylistic flourish.
0: Wait, can I tell you guys my pettiest complaint about this season?
1: Isn't which, that why we're here?
0: Yeah, but this is like, really... Sure, but this yeah. one actually almost drove me most... Made me most angry, even though it's the most straightforward, which is... Akichita's wife, girl, his, like, love, his true love, is she at least 30 years younger than him? I'm, like, I'm not trying to be whatever, but, like, he's this... no, Like, he's a, he's a very compelling character, but that person is his daughter's age at best. Like, she might be... Fo- I just... I was so... Worked that they did not select a more age-appropriate honey for him because it just reflects to me like some of the actual nonsense that's going on, ex- like a- like it's a, a meta aggravation with the show.
3: Well, wasn't part of the idea that 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 she'd been kind of rebooted a bunch of times and and he had not, like he was still a sort of alpha. He's but, like an alpha But build they don't, the, they don't age. Great.
0: They don't age. Like the hosts don't age. And she the whole point is that she was I mean he knew when she became someone different. So, like, I think that she has to be the same in in all those ways. So, I I mean, I, I call bogus on that. I just think it's like she's just like 40 years
2: younger than him. Oh, 100%. My petty complaint was, why did Dolores' hair look so good? The entire... <laughs> that is not how curly hair works. And I'm upset. The entire time I was like, her perfect ringlets looked the same when she was painting. This makes no sense. No one here on this show has curly hair. I can tell. Yeah. This is
3: why this is why they deserve to succeed us is because they have better hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: true, that's
0: true. I did find Teddy's stuff kind of moving, mm-hmm. and I do think that you're right, like right. He couldn't actually be someone different.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part of the show is when we saw uh, James Marsden's butt. It was a really great scene. I think we should all <laughs> talk about it more. Um, <laughs> There's more to talk about. <laughs> it was just a perfect butt. But continue. I did think it was also really funny when they had their
0: like love scene. Where they were like, this is supposed to be so smoopy, so it's like all like romantic and soft lit, and then you are like, but it's still dumb. Like you can't do it. Yeah. Um, what are your petty
1: complaints, gentlemen? Wait, I have something I liked. Oh, um,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> you could have, have petty, jo- petty. Okay, I liked, so I, would...
1: I liked, I, I liked the the joke that I I feel like they kind of made. I don't know if it was a joke, but it, I found it very amusing. The, the sort of acknowledgement that um the writing of the character of like the host in Westworld and like the dialogue that they've been given is just like total like hack dialogue Mm -hmm. Um, like when they when they make it to shogun world and it turns out that um all the characters you know have an equivalent in that world not because of like you know basically because like the writers of westworld had run out of ideas Mm -hmm. Um, you know basically um, lee sizemore admits like you know yeah we we just kind of did the same thing over here too and then like you know later um when you know when lee sizemore goes out um He sort of, um, you know, majestically reads his own hack dialogue um, and goes out in like a blaze of glory. Uh, I I thought that was kind of uh, amusing, both as as an element of like the show as well as like maybe uh, a comment on the show itself.
0: No, I thought that was great, except that that, monologue was so bad that even though when he was giving it I was like this is a really bad and you're also delivering in a weird growly voice but I I liked Lisa more, and I I just I actually just think that whole Maeve storyline was really good and um like I even thought the very last uh when when Clementine is sort of coming and in her wake she's she's making the um hosts all turn against each other and kill each other and and um Maeve, for like that one last second, holds them all up, like makes them have a wall so that her daughter and um, basically a version of her can can escape into the good place. Um, Like that was such a beautiful shot. It was. You know, talk about Renaissance paintings or whatever, <laughs> but like that was a really, uh, I thought that was really beautiful. And I said, that was like, that was just like a, gra- a much more grounded storyline where you knew what everybody wanted. You understood why they wanted it. It was moving. It had like some, obviously a ton of sci-fi stuff in it, but it wasn't just like, chopped up to be confusing i really do think that the rest world people could do that i just don't think they want to do that and i actually think um i think a lot of the stuff i think almost everything they did like wouldn't have been worse it would have been better if we knew it was happening mm-hmm. like just even like when elsie dies like the, the, for me like the last like where they started to jump within time within the shorter period of time where it starts to be like um bernard has like like after Bernard and and Dolores have had their confrontation, but suddenly Bernard is like back at headquarters and then he's also seeing Elsie, like when they're just, when they, when they're trying to get into his head, I understand that it was supposed to imitate his mind, but that to me just was like extremely undermining to be like, oh, we're not just in two storylines now. We're in like storyline 2A and 2B and 2C.
3: Right. I mean, I, I kind of, I was, you know, excited at the beginning of the season when they had this, they seemed to have this idea that, um, you know, the structuring kind of, I don't know. The structuring idea for the season was going to be kind of, you know, filtering everything through (laughs) Bernard's consciousness and maybe, maybe 10 episodes in a row of 10 episodes of Westworld, which is what, like 17 hours? I don't know. Um, But uh, that, that was maybe that would have been too much. But I felt like a really, you know, they tried to bring that idea back at the end. And I watched, went back and watched some of the, you know, the first episode of this season. And there's, there's a lot of visual parallels there. But I just don't think that came together in a way, and it's one of the interesting things about about Westworld is um you know Jonathan Nolan before this show was really best known for having you know co-written um, most of his you know brother Christopher's um, movies which have a lot of the same structural gimmicks um, another fondness for dead wives as a character building element. Um, can't do a Nolan project without that. Um, and this is, is really – Westworld kind of shows me like what Christopher Nolan movies would be like if Christopher Nolan didn't direct them. Uh, he's evidently bringing quite a lot to the party because it, it just uh, – you know, the stuff just feels kind of scrambled in a way that it is tricky but doesn't really, you know, add a lot of, you know, thematic meaning or character building or, or anything like that. It's just kind of to keep your, you know – left brain occupied while you're trying to you know figure out if this is before the last scene or after it
0: um do you guys want i i found another thing that was interesting promising about this season but i thought they didn't they just went in the immortality direction which fair enough was this i was this the set of privacy concerns was like it was i mean it's similar it's like they're they're there was all this stuff there, which just like was very timely, which is like the reckoning, literally the word, the reckoning, and then also this idea that they're just stealing all your data all the time. but then they kind of you know they didn't actually care about that, which maybe we don't care about in real life either, so maybe that's extremely apropos, but um i i i didn't I couldn't tell if they had could have gone somewhere like a little. I mean, I guess when Charlotte's like, it doesn't matter it does, they won't care if we basically figure out how to make everyone live forever which is probably true. John, do you have any thoughts about that particular aspect of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I thought the it was interesting that this season arrived at the same time that there was this interesting national debate about data privacy. Um, You know, and I guess, you know, similarly, that debate, which, you know, I'm talking about the Cambridge Analytica scandal, uh, in which it turned out that, you know, the Uh, The the voter data firm that had done work for the Trump campaign and the Ted Cruz campaign had inappropriately accessed, you know, a a huge amount of Facebook uh, data. Um, And similarly, that issue, you know, created a lot of hoopla um, and sort of ignited a lot of drama and then kind of petered out in the public's consciousness. Uh, And, uh, you know, so I can't really knock the show for doing something similar.
2: Yeah. I feel like that's part and parcel of the show, where they have these themes that could be really interesting if they develop them further. I'm thinking about the racial dynamics of Westworld, where there's all of the worlds are set in this mythical time space where white people kind of rule supreme, except for Shogun world. But they all traffic in these racial stereotypes. And it's not ever... I'm never sure if the show is trying to make us think about these themes and what we're doing and what people would want to go to and like what rich right people would really want a magical theme park full of robots who could do whatever they want to look like, or if they're just trafficking in those same stereotypes and I can't tell if it's a critique or if they're just dumb.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think uh, there was a very interesting and good piece I think written at the end of last season, thinking about, um, about race in Westworld and like the Civil War and, and that that being the setting. Um, which I would totally mangle if I tried to articulate this argument because I read it too long ago. Um but it is I mean, there are it I don't know because it's like there's also no black characters in the there are no robots that are you know, there's no and that's the only thing that we care about. I mean there's there is Bernard, but he's like not um he's not in either, he's not he's not like yeah, an active maybe. And Maeve, right. Yeah,
2: yeah But it like, seems you know, like everyone ignores race. Like, even yeah. in the first season, where it's like the Confederados, like, they're Confederate soldiers, and they're just black robots wandering around, and <laughs> this doesn't make sense, just yeah. logistically. It's weird that it's a post-racial society, but it's also not. Right. Well, that, in a way, that, to me,
0: it's like the idea that the guests would like to think they're post-racial, but mm-hmm. also, like, super enjoying killing and, and like, getting to do whatever they want to Like to be like colorblind, but also then horrible to Mm -hmm. people of other races seems like very accurate, kind of. Like, that's what a lot, but I don't know if the show, like, I think you're right that I'm not sure if the show like knows that that's what it's doing Mm -hmm. or that just like happens to be. It's like girls in that way, or like, like Lena Dunham, like, did she know that that's an accurate reflection of white people, (laughs) like rich white girls in New York City's world to just like live in a monoculture? Or did it just accidentally resemble reality?
3: I, I feel like the show, like Girls, kind of half knows it, like it's aware of it, but not enough to actually do anything about it or kind of meaningfully critique it. Like it's it's in there. I mean, it's you know, it's set in the Old West, um, you know, and they have you know prominent characters who are are black and and Native American, and uh, I think they're you know, yes, yeah, so, you know, So how could you not be aware of like some of that? But the show just doesn't do anything with it. And though and I don't feel like it's it's. I mean, it's called Westworld. The buy-in is you have to assume that, you know, in the future, given sort of unlimited resources, um, these largely white wealthy clients would, for some reason, choose to, Mm -hmm. out of all the possible fantasy worlds they could live in, would some some for some reason choose to live in like Cowboy Town, Um, and it which just seems like a pretty basic. (laughs) I feel like you could be better. I mean,
0: that just like leftover from being like the Michael Crichton, like the original. I mean, it's a, it's it's like leftover from the original because it's a funny comment on like how the Western has actually died in contemporary culture, and that's like n- what nobody yeah. would want. Um, I mean, as this also goes back to the point that was made at the, when it first came out, which is like this is so sh- 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 the show is so heterosexual in the sense of like who like any why would any you know that where's gay the gay version of Westworld and like where people are just doing other totally different stuff with totally different kinds of robots. Um, yeah, I mean, it just seems like all three of the worlds we know about and is it, do we also see a medieval there's shogun world the raj west world was there anyone where there's like medieval I bet it like feels like there should be like knights somewhere but maybe yeah, i don't, I don't think know we, if we saw it
3: there's, there's a roman world in the movies but not in this one you sort of get a taste of it yeah. in like Dallas's mansion is kind of you know uh, romanesque but you don't really I feel like
0: none of those they have are these like, other
3: kind of yeah yeah you know, i think i think there are three worlds that are established but not We don't know what they are yet. And those are just
0: kind of... I feel like those are, like, not top 10, like, most people's fantasy historical period.
2: Yeah, which is why it's so interestingly you picked these to show when they're all predicated on whites, except for Shogun World. You could kind of imagine the Civil War straight up being a lot Mm -hmm. of Americans... Oh, that's true. ...version
0: of, like, an event, like, do you know what I mean? Like, a meaningful time to
2: live and fight. yeah. That is true. I mean, I saw Civil War reenactments when I lived in yeah. Texas, so we're exactly. doing that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell because it, the show is relatively diverse, but it's also, except for Bernard, everyone is, at least in the first season, is very much in a stereotypical role where, like, the madam is kind of a racialized role in, like, prostitution. And then, obviously, Akichata is, like, a very Western view of, like, It's, like, very, like, savage, like, Mm -hmm. what's going on in the shogun world is straight out of, like, it just looks exactly what people think Japan looks like now. And so, I mean, isn't
1: that part of the point that, like, basically, like, the people that made this place have biases and then sometimes the the hosts themselves sort of cut against them? I mean, I think, um, I mean, I'm not sure that they achieved that with uh, Akichata, but um, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, it's a, like, they're, each world is a cliche, um, and, like, um, you know, the the people writing them have, like, you know, are sort of, like, writing with cliches in mind, and, like, Westworld is not an accurate version of the West, but it's, like, the West of John Ford movies, um, and then, uh, and maybe that's just because that's what, uh, Ford, who now I'm realizing his last name is probably no accident, you know, um, you know, that's, that's, like, what he was into, um, I, I um, thought this
0: was most stark almost with the Akichita storyline because it's just very interesting to think about, there were some moments that were sort of graceful where you're like, but then you're, you're wondering like, is this from what I've learned in like history class in high school about Native Americans where you're like, oh, so you're mad. This whole character and this whole experience has been scripted and created by worker bees um, who have shown like no actual like attention to detail particularly about sort of some of these questions but maybe are here have like tried to create because there were just like like there's ways that he talks about um about about the newcomers right that's like very like it's sort of like christopher it's like it's it's sort of the narrative of like native americans were living here and then these people came and Stru- like killed them and destroyed everything. So it's like it mirrors that narrative um, in a way that I sort of actually thought was sort of elegant. But it is like it did take I did make me think like, oh, like who is actually the per- this isn't a real person like this is a programmed person. So like, how is this information getting to us on screen and like even getting into the park and it's just like some white guy sitting in headquarters like programmed the situation to sort of look like what we think it looks like but in a way that's like kind of elegant and i think that's the whole and and that's like the whole show and it is true that they have this like escape hatch where it's like do do we have to know what we're doing because we have like because the people on the show also are just like us and don't know what they're doing i mean you know, in, in that moment, like where they were doing the Akeji's storyline, the actual, the the way that Westworld and making a TV show actually just like kind of line up 100%, where it's mm-hmm. like, which they joke about and which is what sort of like the Lee more lines about the bad dialogue, what it's like, right? Like if you're going to make a world for someone at home watching to have it sort of feel true, you're just faking it exactly in the same way that the people making Westworld are faking it. Um, and like, there's no actual difference. It's always fakery. It's just whether or not like it's kind of convincing or well done or something.
3: Right. I mean, that's kind of the the you know the the I don't know the genius and the sort of like cop out of the show. Is it, oh no, that's not hack dialogue. It's a, it's you know it's dialogue written by our hack dialogue writer character. Um, you know, and the same thing with the kind of racial stereotype is like no, no, it's it's you know those are that's because the guy who wrote them is bad, not because we don't know any better. Um, But at a certain point, like as they as they say in the TV business, I mean,
0: mean, it's a bad rap for all of them, like all the all the hosts, like it sucks for all of them. Yeah. And they're all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as the show begins, also, they're all like reduced characters, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're stuck in these ruts being uh, traumatized and abused over and over and over and over again, every single one of them.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: What do you guys wish would happen next on the show?
3: I mean, I I really like the sort of the the flash forward for me is by far the the most interesting part of this, like the idea of the the genuinely. I, I prefer the kind of post dystopia, post apocalyptic to the the pre apocalyptic. So I think that you know I would be fine with them just. And this is they have said this is not what they're doing. Um, so I'm genuinely wishing for something that I know is not going to happen at least in the next season. But that to me is you know it's like the the uh, epilogue episodes that ended both seasons of Dollhouse. Like I thought those retroactively made what had happened before so much interesting which in some cases is you know profoundly unsatisfying just the idea that it could go there and like the ultimate end game of this is these sort of you know half human host hybrids t- trapped in this sort of you know purgatorial consciousness loop where they're constantly trying to failing to make up for their own mistakes um, is I, mean, I don't know how you do that for 10 episodes let alone how many seasons they have left but i really like that idea i wish they would pursue it more
0: can I ask and uh, just before we on our way to the wrap up, hasn't it wasn't it intimated or discussed in the first season that like the real world was like they'd solved it, like there was no disease and there was no adventure, and that's why people were coming to Westworld?
2: Am I making that up? Yeah, I feel like that was one of the primary motivations of why people come to Westworld because there's no violence or anything in the real world anymore. They have f- just solved everything, which <laughs> makes this robot uprising going to be really stressful for a lot of people. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um,
1: but, but rich people can still get l- heroin.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Right. That's true. Maybe it is rich more like... Rich people can get whatever they want.
1: <laughs> I have a wait, wait, don't tell me style answered your question.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> mean I that hope... I, I don't know what that means. Is that okay, mean never, it's a, a bad uh, that joke? It doesn't mean anything. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I hope that next season it becomes a... Uh, a workplace drama in which um, uh, Dolores' as Charlotte Hale um, navigates the uh, mm. complex politics of the Delos Corporation, where it turns out that her employees are like the hosts and she is uh, the cruel master um, leading to further... Um, revelations and self-examination well
0: i did this along these lines i also am just like very curious like i know you guys have explained to me that there's like one body machine in fort and like in bernard's house but i'm just like i don't think she has access to the resources she needs to like do what she wants to do and i don't understand why charlotte wasn't fired can someone explain to me why everybody who wasn't involved in the park has a job like they should have just bombed that whole thing and everyone's fired like it just seems so preposterous that she's still employed,
2: right? I think they really wanted what was in Peter Abernathy's head and they were probably going to fire her when she got to the mainland. I don't know what But did they get now. it? I don't understand. Did they get it? I think they did. No.
0: But like, so the last time we, even if it still is around, even if it's still in the forge, when we were last in the forge, Charlotte and Bernard killed everybody. Yeah. So I guess she could have given it to them as her- But I mean, like, I just don't, I kind of don't understand if they got it. <laughs>
3: Or does, or does Charlotte have it now? Is that kind of her, you know, whole card? I mean, does she have...
2: Well, she must have the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the ball of Peter Yeah, like one of the balls of the... <laughs> like, yeah, one of the balls in her bag was the data in Peter Abernathy's head. What the other three were is up for debate, but... Yeah, I don't really know. So then
0: Dayless is like, cool, we don't have that data, and we just had a huge—we just killed mil- hundreds of people. You keep your job, and we're going to keep the park open. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I just don't understand. Like,
2: that's time to cut cut your losses, probably. Everyone should get fired. I don't know why Charlotte Hill wasn't fired. I don't know what she's done so far other than, like, kill her employees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wanted killing of everybody yeah
2: so rachel we'll see it, rachel's turn i want the entire show to be about mave yeah that's what we, i want yeah, exactly i just want her i don't know what her motivation is gonna be anymore and now that her daughter is in the good place i don't i just want mave and felix and lee and hector Escatone to come back and do something i don't know what though yeah
0: i i guess i feel like um there's no way they can leave the park Because Mm. there's just so much that does not make sense about them existing in the real world, and I don't think they've ever shown us really the real world. But I don't understand at the same time how they can continue to be in the park. Um, I feel like they're gonna just do whatever they want. But it just really felt to me like they were like we wrote a whole like they, they they had to start have a fresh start, and that fresh start is not like that convincing to me. But I mean, they're just doing like robot uprising in the real
2: world. Yeah. Robots will win, and they'll just be bad as us. That's robots the end of Westworld, guys. <laughs> if they figure out how to make the brains in their little milk machine thing, those happening.
3: The machines are super cool.
2: They are. They are really dope.
3: I mean, if the idea is just basically that you know creatures are creatures, and no matter how many times you repeat the same scenario, they will always end up making the same decisions, then maybe that is true for species as well. And that robots will take over, and then just do all the same dumb shit that humans did the first time. I around. mean.
0: Th- they already, like, that just can't be the conclusion because that's already apparent. Do you know, like, that just seems so, I just feel like they got so brutal so fast that I'm just like, there is, as I said before, there's no difference. There's no meaningful difference already. So the queen is dead. Long live the queen. It's just like. <laughs>
2: Long live Queen Dolores. Exactly. I just don't know what the end game is. How do you destroy humanity successfully? With six robots. So yeah. far.
0: Is it like, is that like then they're the president? <laughs>
2: She becomes the president,
0: and it just nukes everyone.
3: I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I, I would watch President Dolores. I would watch that show.
0: Well, maybe, maybe we just figured it out.
2: Or Queen Dolores. Or Queen
0: something. Dolores. I she feel like Dolores has queen. turned
2: into um Khaleesi from Game of Thrones for me. Where at first I was really rooting for her, and now I'm just really annoyed every time <laughs> she talks. Let's, let's end on that. A Game of
0: Thrones, because we'll probably be back talking about that show in a year and a half. <laughs> the plot that I hope that listeners understand that that is because the plot was really confusing and maybe as our conversation suggested in in some key ways totally beside the point because like you get the gist even if you don't actually know the details even as you're watching right yeah yeah all right thank you very much for listening to us <laughs> try to spoil Westworld but find it almost unspoilable like too inchoate and confusing Uh, we did talk about it a lot Um, so for Rachel and Sam and John and Dan I'm Willa Paskin and we'll see you next time talking about something probably much more coherent